Hello, let's go and welcome to a brand new installment of Nintendo News Report for Tuesday, May 29th, 2018. I'm Alex Kalafi, joined by three other Nintendo News reporters to talk about the hottest Pokemon news off the presses. Joined as always by Donald Terrio. Hi. Uh, so I think by the end of the year, I will have gone through two TVs and we'll need a third. It's, why is that? Because the, I have no doubt in my mind that I'm going to either fling a Joy-Con or one of those Pokeball Pluses right through my TV. But the Pokeball Pluses look like they're kind of malleable, like that you can squeeze them a little bit. So that might just harmlessly bounce off. Use protection, Donald. It's a risk trap. There was some weird sexual overtones in that thing that... Wait, wait, what? So, okay. <laughs> so, did you listen to the lyrics of the song in that trailer? No, it's like, no. let's do it forever. Like, okay. Yeah. And then you can only play, you can play the game with one hand. Like, oh. It's like Bayonetta. I don't know who that game's for, but <laughs> you can do it. Also joined by Justin Berube. Hi. Hey, what's up? So uh, we we got so we got some news for you, Justin. Just we for saw you. some YouTube today. Yeah, that's news for me. News for you. <laughs> Hi, Neil. Well, you're joining Hi. us after a few weeks. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, Where's that plush uh, from? Um, uh, actually, I see third-rate minions in the chat. So for people who don't know, um, uh, third-rate minion lives near me. They were at my holiday white elephant. And uh, I, I don't I don't remember if it was Alex or Tony from Third Rate Menu who brought this Pikachu plush uh, two years ago at the the holiday white elephant party that I throw. Um, but I won it from that, so thanks, guys. Yeah, very nice, very very nice. We got some news as is a surprise to literally no one. Pokemon Let's Go was finally announced. It was exactly. What a lot of people said it was. We got Kanto remakes. But of course, we should set the stage a little bit. It was revealed via a press conference in Japan tonight to a lot of Japanese press, some Western press. And they teased multiple announcements, which began with this little game called Pokemon Quest, right? Yeah. 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 What's this yeah, one all there's, about? Just kind of set the scene in that, like, all right, there's going to be Pokemon games. Here's a weird voxel one where it's free to play. It's on Switch and your mobile phone. And it's Gen 8 confirmed. Like is that is no. uh, <laughs> just like oh. wait a minute. Just um, no, Pokemon, Pokemon Quest only has the first 151, I believe. Yeah. Uh, but it looks like Rumble, but Justin, you actually played it. I played a few minutes of it now, but right before the show, uh, it does feel a lot like a mobile version of Pokemon Rumble. But during the levels, your Pokemon walk on a set path that you can. There's a button to have them retreat if you want to back up. You can get up to a team of three Pokemon, it looks like. And then you control when each of them attack, and they have cooldowns for when they attack again. And it looks like each Pokemon has two attacks. Uh, after you beat the levels, you get a bunch of items, which I think you can use to help power up each Pokemon and uh, use that to put in like a cooking pot where you can attract more Pokemon, which then you can add to your party depending on who comes to your cooking pot based on the ingredients you throw in there. Uh, so there's that, and then they level up as well, so there's incentive to keep playing. But there are mobile elements. I think you can only play for so long before you have to wait for a cooldown timer and there's a lot of uh, paid DLC to keep playing and get other 
items that'll help you advance quicker, I guess. So it is it is Rumble-esque? It seems like a, a mobile, simpler version of Rumble. Hearing you talk about how you're on a set path, that kind of makes me think of Pokemon Snap a little bit. Not that... I mean, that might be literally the only comparison with it. Well, it also takes place on an island. Um, but yeah, it does kind of seem like a blend of some of those Pokemon spin-off titles. This is developed by Game Freak, which, like, that's the first time one of the spin-offs has been handled directly by Game Freak. Do you... Did someone tweet that? Do you know that for sure? Because uh, I don't know that. It's literally in the press release right now. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Sick. Um, okay, and uh, Justin... You sounded like you were potentially done with it tonight. Yeah, I might not play it much longer. I mean, it just, I don't see the point of playing this game, honestly. It's got gotcha style unlocks for the new Pokemon, right? I don't know. It looks like, like I said, you've put food in a basket or some sort or a pot, and then that, after you play a few rounds, it'll attract Pokemon based on what you put in there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, you put it, you put it in the right food, you can probably summon the Jinx. So, yeah, yeah. the way through there. You're, yeah. That's probably your only shot. Yeah. I, I want to play some of it today. They're calling it an action RPG. Sounds like it's Rumble plus Snap plus Simplicity. I think it's cool that they're putting a free start game on Switch and mobile at the same time. And well, not at the same time. Uh, it's not so at the, the same Switch, time. Switch is out right now. Like, I mean, that's what we all played or downloaded. Uh, mobile is not coming out until the end of June. Oh. Um, and it's hitting iOS and Google Play. Okay. okay. But no specific day with that. I would assume post E3 is, is probably when it's going to hit. It's, it's still cool that it's coming out yeah. on both systems and that they're like, okay, we're going to have this Pokemon game announced tonight. We know it's probably going to sell gangbusters because it's an RPG marketed to the people that played Pokemon Go and likely no other games other than Go in the original games. But at the same time, we're going to put these announcements around it. There's this free-to-play one coming tonight so that you can get a little taste of Pokemon on Switch, a la Animal Crossing Plaza, which I think I mentioned before the show. And then, although this one will probably be more of a moneymaker for them. And then they also talked about towards the end that the Gen 8 is going to be coming late next year. That'll be more like Sun and Moon and X and Y. So it seems like they were very careful to be, okay, we're going to have this announcement that's going to be divisive to people. So here's this other stuff around it to pad it and make you make as few people as unhappy as possible. That was my take on it, at least. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it was a pretty well executed uh, marketing reveal strategy thing. Um, the fact that, yeah, you throw out this this cute looking spinoff that's free play, a very, uh, uh, you know, pretty much pure spin-off maybe going for the go audience a little bit because it's going to be on mobile too and then you have the promise for the hardcore of gen 8 in the back half of 2019 and then there's the you know the kind of the, the showpiece game the first pokemon rpg on on a home console yes pokemon let's go pikachu and eevee is this the part where i point out that Coliseum and XD are technically Pokemon RPGs on home consoles as well. Yeah, and this almost plays in the same field of those, yeah. except this is made by Game Freak, and it kind of it takes inspiration from Go rather than taking inspiration from Ruby and Sapphire. Or I think I think it's taking its cues more 
from Go in a lot of ways while using the framework of a Pokemon game. Yeah, because the graphics look like Upres Sun and Moon. A little um, better. I mean, it's... Yeah, they look, they look really nice. Like, I was expecting an Upres Sun and Moon for what Let's Go was. Um, and it looked way better in motion than I really expected it to. And and that was that was cool. Um, and it does seem like Coliseum... Um, what is it? It was XD Gale of Darkness. Was that the... uh, those were both of them. Those were oh, that was one of them, and there's also Coliseum. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Um, but those games, which I think they were developed by Genius Sonority, who made the yeah. Dem- Dempaman. Yeah, the Dempaman trilogy, and there was a Dempaman free to play game too. It all comes around. Um, <laughs> but like those game, those games were were interesting, but they were very kind of divorced from what like the Pokemon experience was because they were more like JRPG. Uh, you know, I guess like true JRPG as opposed to like the weird monster collecting thing that that Pokemon is, even though Pokemon very much originally inspired by Dragon Quest. Um, but like Let's Go just seems to be that it, it's it's a very smart and well executed balance, at least in its presentation of the ideas of Go and mixing it with the core RPG franchise. And I think that's interesting. I think it's a really smart move because, like, I, I know anecdotally as as the rumors of what let Pokemon Let's Go um, were, were as those rumors were coming out, and I started talking to friends who who you know played Pokemon games back in the '90s, early 2000s, and fell off, um, then got back into it with Go. Um, everybody was stoked when they heard like, oh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be Kanto. It's it's you know not going to be as in depth with EVs and IVs and stat crap like that, because um, that was a lot of the appeal of Go is that it was uh, an easy entry into a world that a lot of people, at least in my like late twenties to early thirties friend groups, uh, a lot of people kind of bounced off of Pokemon. So I think that Let's Go is brilliant in its presentation of what it could be because it brings in the 800 million people that downloaded Pokemon Go and mixes them in with your kind of core Pokemon Nintendo fan base and helps sell a bucket load of Switches in the process. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a very smart decision. But as someone, like, as I was watching that as a consumer, just thinking to myself, okay, this game isn't for me, wasn't huge into Pokemon Go, wasn't necessarily and i consider myself more of a fan of the core pokemon games i was very pleasantly surprised by this it should be stated that these are remakes of pokemon yellow one's going to be eevee one's going to be pikachu taking a lot of cues from sun and moon it seems like the battle system is, is heavily inspired by that except the capturing there are no wild pokemon instead or at least as far as we've seen instead it's going to be pokemon go style pokeball capturing it seems like there are going to be some little nifty things, rumors suggested red and blue could appear, although they didn't announce that. And then they did show off Mewtwo, and then it was confirmed that the mystery special Pokemon is going to be a new Pokemon, new to the franchise. We'll see That's what cool. that is. And then, it's, and then it seems like you can transfer at least one way, probably one way, your Pokemon from Go to Let's Go. Yeah, which I think is interesting because I've caught some decent Pokemon in Go, so I'm kind of worried about going one way, not the other way. Okay, I'm lo- I'm looking at the press release. Just I was looking for clarification on the 
So you can players can catch Pokemon originally discovered in the Kanto region in Pokemon Go. So it's I mean it makes sense. I, I believe uh, Pokemon Let's Go is limited to just the original 151, and I guess there will probably be some kind of bonuses if there is, you know, that new Pokemon that was teased. Um, but so you can transfer Kanto Pokemon from Pokemon Go over to Pokemon Let's Go. And then something special will also be coming to the world of Pokemon Go, making the connection between both games even more appealing for trainers. Details for this will be revealed in the near future. So Probably I don't know if that, I don't know if that's related to the the you know the secret Pokemon that was teased at the end of the trailer or not, but but I guess there will be something that Let's Go will bring something to Pokemon Go as well. If there's only one Pokemon, it can't be an Eevee evolution or a Pikachu evolution unless yeah, it was some Pikachu and Eevee can't evolve you got to go the yellow way they can't evolve right unless it was some fusion of the two that would be like a crossbreed where yeah, it's like Pikachu or Eevee can evolve into this are, are we just getting to like splice territory with Pokemon where it's just a, like been weird there for two generations do they just black do hybrids two, black two white two was absolutely a, a gene yeah splicing. yeah yeah now you're right and Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon were also gene splicing. Yeah, those are the Ultra Beasts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just talking about you get a Pikachu, you get an Eevee, you cut them up and blend them together. That's what I'm referring to. Um, but there are, yeah, you're, you're right. There are splice elements in some of the nefarious plans of the villains in, in recent games. Dale in the chat seems happy with the game. Anthony, meanwhile, says nostalgically, it does nothing for me. They've played the Kanto card too many times in the art direction. doesn't do it for me. It's it's kind of doing it for me. When was the last time they played the Kanto card? Like, I mean, uh, I guess, I guess go. go. Go would have been it, but before then, when did they play the Kanto, the Kanto, um, the, the Kanto card? Well, all of the Alolan forms were Kanto Pokemon, okay. yeah. and you could get, you literally got a Kanto starter in X and Y. Okay. Sun and Moon, you could. There was there was that big post game moment where you meet a uh, a major two major characters from the original games. You could and, go to Kanto in Gen One, Gen Two, Gen Three, Gen Four, not Gen Five, yeah. not Gen Six. Hey, it's my favorite region. I don't care. Keep Kantoing it up. Yeah, no, like I, I'm I'm fine with it. I did I didn't realize there were that many recent recent. Uh, recent Kanto nostalgic trips. But I think it's also like, that's, you're not gonna, I mean, okay. I know like, uh, Alex, you, you kind of, your jam growing up was Ruby and Sapphire, right? Yeah, because that that's kind of hit me in the third grade sort of yeah. region. I mean, but I mean, I still played one and two and had those nostalgic memories with my brother and cousins and stuff, like everyone else. I mean, my thing with that is that like, I don't think you have a lot of people that are like Mudkips, yo. Like, no, it's all Charmander, Squirtle, and Bulbasaur. I, I don't know, man. I heard a lot of people like Mudkips. <laughs> no, I think I think this is a good decision. It's a good holdover game because Kanto's a small region, and it allows them to get super inventive in the way they have been. Where I don't know if it's going to be all following Pokemon, but there sure were a lot between Onyx. You were riding on top. You of could ride Rappers. an Onyx. It was amazing. <laughs> I'm very excited. I just, I need to see how the capturing works and whether it feels good. Because I feel like weakening Pokemon is very important. Well, I just, I don't know if there's any additional mechanics to make it blend better to the battling. Because approaching a Zapdos with just a Pokeball seems like a strange thing to do. (laughs) That's called you die. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and Mewtwo. Oh, hell. <laughs> hey, all I need is a 
Master Ball and Mute too. Yeah. That'll <laughs> yeah. cost you fifty dollars. Nah. No, no, that's in Pokemon Quest. My bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, I mean, the capturing stuff. We can only go on like what what was shown in the trailer, but it does look very Go inspired. I do like uh, uh, a huge element of Let's Go is the co op. Um, each player can use a Joy-Con and play together, and like you're doing co op battles. You're both throwing Pokeballs at wild Pokemon. Like that. That kind of looks real sharp. Yeah. But. I, uh... But yeah, I mean, yeah, the capturing stuff has has some unknowns. At its base, it looks like it's Pokemon Go capturing, which, eh, yeah, I, I understand the complaints, but I also think that that might that might alleviate a level of grinding that's in Pokemon, which I don't know if that's I don't know if grinding is necessarily a problem in Pokemon, but I could see like, oh, this will quicken the pace by having battles be relegated to a Pokemon Go like style that'll that'll keep it a little quicker. Than when you're going through rounds and rounds of fighting wild Pokemon. Well, it was it, already alleviated in X and Y with yeah. the EXP share, no? Yeah. 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 Like the, the XP share went a long way toward that, but there were still some games where grinding was a severe issue. See any game involving uh, fighting red at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Allman. Pickmar says more in-game double battles would be cool, which is a great transition to one of the biggest things that I think was revealed that you can have two trainers at the same time on screen playing together, which suggests that uh, you're going to be doubling double battling together. But it also makes me wonder, is there any save data on the Joy-Con? Uh, Will there be an so. amiibo that'll allow you to take save data? Do you just bring your switch and have it? It just seems odd to me, like how this is spitballing. Um, th this is just looking at what was presented about the game and guessing. My guess is that uh, you'll share. Like there will be, there will be the host player, there will be the second player, the second player and the host player will share the same pool of Pokemon. Gotcha. That's that's a. That's that's my guess at least because I feel like yeah you're right it gets way too complicated, um, by like, by making it so it's like oh wait like these are your Pokemon and these are my Pokemon how did they get here I don't know, um, unless maybe that little poke because that little weird Pokeball accessory can be used as a controller. Yeah, there's that thing that's launching at November 16th. Is that the day that they yeah, revealed? Yeah, that is, that is when the game is coming out as well. Yeah, and then they got this Pokeball Joy-Con, which is the new fishing controller of the Switch, where it, it's the joystick is the button on the Pokeball, and then you can do sort of a pretend throw thing on the Pokeball to, to capture Pokemon and go... Seems like it's going to be 50 bucks. It was shown in the Japanese presser to be 4,900-ish yen. Yeah, so. and it also features an impressive battery life of about three hours. <laughs> but is that... Is that, <laughs> is that connected to the Switch? Or what, what's the battery life of your Pokemon with it? It's three hours. It's like three, it, holds a, it holds up to three hours of charge for when you're walking around. So basically it wouldn't get me through lunch. And That's pretty bad. And yeah, it charges by USB C, so it charges the same way like a Pro Controller does. <laughs> yeah, the Pokeball Plus, it's called. Um, I'm looking. I'm on looking. Yeah, approximately three hours. 
So how long till they release like another shell that looks like a <laughs> round? Yeah, no, no, yeah, it'll be like the master ball. Like for thirty bucks, you can get a master ball that'll give you like another four hours of battery life. Yeah, it's just a giant shell, and it's like another one just keeps consuming itself. Or can you put a battery pack on it? Just just a big chunky brick on the end. <laughs> this quote from Mr. Masuda, director at Game Freak Inc. in the press release, I think absolutely tells everyone what this game is. With the launch of Pokemon Go in 2016 and the global sensation that ensued, millions of new players were introduced to the world of Pokemon. For many people, Pokemon Go is their first experience with the Pokemon brand. So we've crafted these two new titles to be an accessible entry point to our core RPG series while giving our longtime new fans a new way to play Pokemon. So if we were saying that Go was sort of the taste of Pokemon that would get people into the crack that is the mainline games... It almost seems, and it's not even almost, he just said, this is the in-between point to connect those further, as in to give you an in-between. You got Go, like, between Go and Sun and Moon, that's kind of a big shift. But if you go from Go to an RPG heavily inspired by Go to Sun and Moon or whatever Gen 8 was when it comes out in late 2019, that there's a through line there yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, not 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 to, I guess, get maybe maybe get off on a tangent here, but like, it's an Iwata move. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. it's taking like it, it it's kind of sad when you look at uh, Nintendo's own mobile push, and they have not been able to do this. Like, I mean, Fire Emblem Heroes is is a considerable success, but I don't know if Fire Emblem Heroes is bringing in new Fire Emblem fans. I guess maybe we'll see that when like Fire Emblem Switch finally comes out, I think that will be a big test to see like, did Fire Emblem Heroes set, set this up for people to be more into it? Um, but Pokemon Go perfectly executed that Satori Iwata's idea with mobile of basically like prepping game, game or prepping pro- prospective Nintendo gamers to be introduced to, to the characters, to the IP, and then bring them into the actual uh, hardware. And this is yeah the through line from Go to Let's Go to Gen Eight, like I think I think Gen Eight has the potential if this all goes well to sell more than a Pokemon game has ever sold before. The For only sure. thing I think that's really keeping it that may keep it from selling more than a Pokemon game has before is the price of the Switch. Yeah, that's no true. No Pokemon games, no Pokemon game is launched on a device that costs three hundred dollars, and, and it'll probably be less by then. But will it be enough? No Pokemon game has been launched at sixty dollars, or at least no, no mainline Pokemon game. Because I guess like Pocket Tournament last year was sixty bucks. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, yeah, each of these games are fifty nine ninety nine. So if you want to get both versions, which I don't know if there are any version differences, uh, that's one hundred and twenty bucks there, good sir. No Nintendo Online. It was confirmed in the Q and A following the announcement, which is fine. It seems like it's a self contained game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would also kind of, I, I think, in a way, confirm no Pokemon Bank support, which, like, I guess that's fine. Um, I don't think it I will be like. Where will those? Go. Where will the Pokemon on on Let's Go? Where will they go? Will they right. just die? They will just die on your Switch. You <laughs> will bring don't... all these Pokemon from Go onto Let's Go on your Switch, and they will rot in there. You will get new Pokemon games, and they will not come back. <laughs> well, considering well, maybe the there'll be a sequel. Still... 
Yeah. And Switch still doesn't have local save backups, so yeah, there's a very good chance. Oh of my it. gosh. No, well, Pikachu. By the time the games come out, there will be uh, the the cloud save feature. So yeah, but Pokemon seems like the kind of game that would be right for. We're not going to let you do cloud saves on this because it could be abused. Here's some interesting data: Pokemon Red, Green, Blue, Yellow, fifty-nine point five two million sales. Nintendo's third best-selling game behind Super Mario Bros. and Wii Sports, according to vgsales.wiki.com. So um, that also includes every version of of Gen One. Yeah, which is Virtual Console, Fire Red, Leaf Green, and hey, if Let's Go is is technically a remake of Yellow. Maybe they'd just be included in that. Yeah. I don't think so. What I think is also a brilliant move about this, and the reason why I'm excited, and I think Game Freak knew this when they designed it, is that they had to make it for players of Go, but they couldn't just make it for those players because they need to rely on the core fan base who knows what it's like to buy a Pokemon game at launch. So I think they found the right balance of making Go fully compatible but not remotely required to enjoy the game, at least based on what we've seen so far. Like, this Agreed. is a self-contained RPG. You'll still get mostly battles outside the wild Pokemon battles. You'll, you'll mostly get the traditional four attacks. It seems like it's Sun and Moon-esque sort of battle system with maybe some some Pokemon Stadium-esque flair is, is, my, is my vibe of it. So it seems like it's still totally a Pokemon RPG, it's just a Pokemon RPG that's primarily made as an entry point for these players, but it's not those players' game. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now you said four attacks. Have we seen four attacks? Because in Pokemon Go, there's only two. So they, yeah, we saw they four showed okay. there was like a, a traditional, when they did the trainer battles, it had the traditional Pokemon four move setup. Okay. It's going to be weird playing a Pokemon game not on two screens. Yeah. I, like I, haven't, I haven't done that in over a decade. Yep. <laughs> I well, think they are um, I'll Also, I'll amend what I said after looking at the sales for Pokemon Red and Blue. Um, Pokemon Let's Go and, and, and Gen 8 could sell more than any Pokemon game before it, except for Pokemon Red and Blue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't realize how many copies Pokemon Red and Blue have sold through the years. Um, but it, like, I like, or at least let's put it this way. Like, I think that the setup of go to let's go to Gen Eight could make let's go and Gen Eight sell better than than recent Pokemon games. You know, Sun and Moon, which sold very well, and X and Y, which sold very well. I think those games could potentially top that if Nintendo and the Pokemon Company kind of you know navigates this way of bringing in an influx of new players. But at the same point, they might lose some players because of the the cost of the system. You're not going to have as many like younger kids with their own Switch. It's going to be more shared for now. Do you think they'll uh, launch Gen 8 with a uh, Switch bundle that's just the system and the game? No, but that'd be smart. Oh, I don't know. Not yet, because still- Nintendo of America said. No, sw- no dockless switch in the America at this point. Well, I'm talking end of next year. Oh, maybe next year. Virginia, yeah. I wonder. I mean, sidebar: uh, when are we ever going to see a price drop on Switch? Uh, like, I feel like next year at the earliest. 
but even that I'm, I'm not sure about. I think our best hope is hope for a revision that brings the uh, original version down in price. Yeah. Or the revision oh. will be the cheaper version. Oh. At least a year. Maybe maybe mid to late next year. I think we start I think we start to see retailers doing their own sort of bundles for Black Friday. Maybe Nintendo gives them a little bit more leeway this year, but nothing official until probably I don't know, let's say September of next year. Yeah. Sure. So how are we all feeling about Pokemon Let's Go? Uh, I have mixed feelings at this point. I'm excited to try it. I'm not completely sold on the full way the game is going to flow. I'm a little worried about that because the way you catch Pokemon, are you just going to be walking around throwing balls at Pokemon? And then... <laughs> Your character is going to be walking into the overworld just going like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And you do that oh, and then you just like get in a weird random, you're getting weird battles. Like I'm not quite sure what the whole gameplay loop is going to be in this game at this point. I want to know more. But I'm interested, especially because I haven't really played Go in a while. Uh, things right. got weird. So I'm excited to see if it's going to be worth it for me to transfer some of that progress I made and go over to this game. I think I'm probably going to pick Go back up. I know, Alex, you and I were talking earlier that you re-downloaded it on your phone. Um, I'm probably going to do the same, especially knowing that if I get some Kanto Pokemon that I like, which I had a, I had a good number of the, the original 150 in Pokemon Go because I kind of stopped when they brought in Gen 2. That was kind of when I faded away. Um, but, yeah, I might, might crack it open, get in the Go mood before November. Yeah. Yeah I, think, yeah. I think I'm only missing three from the original set. So I think I was like 120 maybe. I don't know. I got a little bit of the ways into Go, but actually following the reveal, I feel less compelled to actually get back into Go because I realized that I don't need to play it. Unless <laughs> it's going to be revealed that, hey, if you own both, that's the way you get this Pokemon, this new Pokemon. And then I'm like, okay, I'll pick it up and then get the new Pokemon. But I'm, I, I'm excited for it as a standalone. Yeah, I'm currently doing research into how much, um, into just how many Pokemon you get given in the course of a yellow run, because I think I can beat the game with the, assuming I get the Eevee version, I still get a free Eevee. I get Lapras. I get the three starters. I think that should carry me. Plus I can buy an Abra at the game corner. Uh, do you think they bring back the game corner? I hope so, but I have my doubts. Oh, good point. Yeah. This is the first time we've had a can't uh, really had a Canto game since the whole crackdown on gambling and, Europe makes it an automatic T rating if it equivalent of a T rating if it does. So maybe they have something different. I don't know. Yeah, do, do you think they'll have that that like developer room that they had in, in the old Pokemon game? I mean, I, I don't know if they, they might have brought that back. I haven't done a lot of post game crap in Pokemon since yeah, they, like the first gen. They they have a they, they have a developer room in every game, and in recent games you've actually been able to battle somebody whose title is literally Game Freak. And it's the director of the game. I think Morimoto was the last one. The probably okay. be two. The, All right, cool. Be two. One for Niantic and one for uh, Game Freak. <laughs> Actually, that would be, that would be really neat. Um, I just I I look forward to seeing uh, what Kanto looks like in the shiny new graphics. Um, yeah. And I am nice. I, like I'm not sold on this game being like what I want Pokemon to be. I like that they're taking risks. Um, I'm not totally sure if they're the right risks or if they're going to come through an execution, but I'm excited for the fact that I'm 
I'm going to see a lot more people play Pokemon in a different way, uh, which was kind of the fun of Go in a way, was seeing people that I didn't expect to be into Pokemon get into Pokemon. And I think Let's Go can kind of do that again. Um, how I'll enjoy it? Well, I'm going to get that goofy-ass Pokeball Plus thing, and I'm going to hand it to my five-month-old child and, uh, <laughs> and see what happens. We'll play some co-op. Um, but, but yeah. Like I'm, I'm gonna get this game. I, I don't know how much I'm gonna be into it. I really like Sun and Moon, so like I don't expect this to supplant that. But at the same time, I, I think it'll be a nice romp. Yeah, yeah. I'm mostly on your squad, Neil. I'm very excited to see Kanto, regardless of how the rest of the game turns out, because yeah. I think it's cool that they're revisiting Gen One and what feels like an even more reverent way than Fire Red and Leaf Green did or it seems like they're showing more attention to those games from the perspective of the people that played them at the time. Like Fire Red Leaf Green were straight remakes. These are remakes made with more self-awareness of who the people who played the original games are and what they want to see. And I think yeah. that part I'm excited about. Do we know if this is, I mean, it's probably not out there, but I know with all the teases in Sun and Moon about like, we're going to go to Kanto. Like, is this supposed to be after that in the, the supposed timeline? We don't know yet because okay. the protagonist looks like red, but is definitely not red. And then the 4chan leak that was on April 1st, which is, there's a certain irony to that, <laughs> that, that sort of spilled the beans on these games, suggested that red and blue would be involved in the game, but wouldn't be the protagonist, okay. which is a grain of salt, of course, but... Just, just interesting, interesting nonetheless. Yeah, I think it's cool. I'm looking forward to it. But like Justin, I do have some hesitations. I have questions. I want to know: Is it fun to to do the wild? Oh, I, wanna... it's just, I just want to know: Is it fun? That's what I ask about every video game, Alex. <laughs> is it fun? Hey, I'm I'm interested. Mark me down for interested. I'll definitely get it and give it a shot. But I, I yeah. do have my concerns. But it looks like it could be a lot of fun, something a little different, which I'm okay with because I feel like the main series has its own problems. So let's see where this goes. Does it let's feel go. like Pokemon? Is does it feel like Pokemon and is it fun in the way the Pokemon RPGs I love are fun? That's kind of those are those are the questions I, I still need answered at this point. But Donald, what do you think? Um I'll probably end up like I I expected honestly that the fourth quarter was mainly mainly going to be backlog and fire emblem. So assuming I get through Ultra Sun and Moon before then, which, well, this week is helping, I can sort of, I, I can maybe give it a shot, but I bounced off Go incredibly quickly, mostly because I've been working, like I was working from home at the time, so it's not like I, had, I could go anywhere. And now it's like I'm so far behind in that I have no inclination to pick Go back up and I really feel like I'm going to have to, if only to keep that living Pokedex that I've got going back to 2003 alive. The only but thing it would else... be a different series, Donald. So you wouldn't be giving that up completely. Yeah, yeah. Like you might be fine because I like, like you said, with the living, I, I don't think you'd be able to do anything with the living Pokedex because if there's no bank support, then how are you going to switch things around? Yeah. I'm I'm just assuming that 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 maybe that one new Pokemon that they're talking about, assuming it's not like the legendary that got data mined out of Ultra Sun and Moon, 
Zorora or whatever. No, that 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 got announced for. I think it's in the new movie, and I think it's coming to Ultra Sun and Moon soon. Okay. Yeah, the I'm looking at the trailer now, and I had a couple things to note. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the trailer really makes it look like the new Pokemon is going to just, you earn it in these Switch games, but you get it in Pokemon Go. That's the way it looked to me. That, that'd be, if that I, makes sense. The trailer. Yeah. There was some off-screen picture I saw on 4chan's Pokemon board that looked like some elegant Eevee-like evolution, um, but I, I'm not, I'm guessing that one's a fake. But anyways... I'm rewatching the trailer and I see a couple things. The first thing is that Professor Oak seems like he's the exact same age as he was in the first game. But does he ever age? Do Pokemon games actually have a timeline? Is the other question. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure the Where's last my... ones have established that we're in a multiverse at this point. Right, Black Two yeah. and White Two are distant sequels, though, because I actually no, and then Sun and Moon are distant sequels too, because Red and Blue explicitly look like they're in their mid twenties at least. No. Yeah. So it's been a decade. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we'll see. But the capture, I see four options. Get ready, items, help, and run away. So I'm guessing there's not going to be any battling as part of this capture. Yeah, I mean, I think they confirmed that in the Q&A. Yeah, yeah I, was just, I was just curious. Yeah. Uh, and then the battle thing. I'm trying to look at it a little bit. I'm scanning around. But... I think it's gonna be neat to go back to Kanto. That's all. I Yeah, have I like Kanto. It's, it's I played the living crap out of Red and Blue when I was a kid. Like, bring me back there. It's nice. I had six, had six Mewtwo level one hundred. <laughs> I think I had two at one point in my heyday. Yeah. Okay, I think that's all we can really say about these Pokemon games at this point. We we. Still I think we can say a lot more, but we don't have to right now. <laughs> Something I want to bring up with these games and with the release date for these games being in November, does that guarantee we're going to have Smash Brothers before then? I, I always was kind of under the impression that Smash Brothers might not be exactly when the Switch Online thing is out, but like I feel like you do like Switch, let's say Switch Online launches in like mid-September, maybe you do Smash like two weeks later because I feel like that's Launching Switch Online the same day as Smash Brothers is a disaster because name a Smash game that has has had reliable good online. I I haven't played one. Um, some of, like like 3ds and Wii U were better, but they're still still kind of a horror show at times. So you don't want to launch your online service and have Smash Brothers on the same day because that's going to run like garbage and it's going to make your online service look worse than people already assume it's going to be. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like Nintendo Switch Online mid-September, Smash Brothers in October, Pokemon in November. I, I do not think that Smash Brothers is going to be your big November game, especially with Pokemon taking that slot. And then Fire Emblem helps fill out November probably, maybe early December game. I, I, yeah, I feel like Fire Emblem's good for that Xenoblade, that Xenoblade, yeah, blah, 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 Xenoblade spot. Yeah. What about Yoshi? Yoshi, you can put out whenever October. Yeah. Who, who cares? <laughs> yeah, Yoshi. Yoshi will get his whenever he comes out. It's October sixteenth or something. I don't know. <laughs> what day is Red Dead come out? We'll put it like the week before that. Yeah. I mean, but it's it, gonna it's gonna come out in Europe next week though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. There, there's your Pokemon games, but. 
somehow this was not the only big news. There was a lot of crap today. A lot of crap. My favorite piece of news that wasn't this was the Mega Man 11 details. It was confirmed that the game's coming out on October 2nd in both physical and digital versions. It's going to be 30 bucks on all consoles, except if you're getting the Amiibo GameStop exclusive edition, which features an Amiibo of Mega Man for Mega Man 11, and it features the game, and it features stickers, and it features a cloth. And this is the funniest thing to me in this whole thing, that during the trailer, it's like, ooh, here are two bosses. I wonder who the rest are going to be. During the pre-order, it shows a picture of the cloth, which has all the bosses on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that too. But then they showed all the bosses on the cover art. So <laughs> it, it was kind of weird, though, that whole situation. And I do like how Capcom's like, hey, it's worth it. You get a cloth. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's their go-to thing is the cleaning cloth. I was on GameStop.com today looking at it, and, and this was when it was selling for fifty nine ninety nine before they corrected the price to forty nine ninety nine. They put it and back I, now to fifty nine ninety nine. I think that that's absurd. But I was I was looking at it, and I and I was like, okay, I want this thing because I really want Mega Man Eleven. I'm really excited for Mega Man Eleven. I think I think it looks good. It seems like it plays good based on the previews. October second's a good date, and I looked at it. And after shipping and checkout, it was like 73 bucks. So then I went to Amazon, bought the physical only edition, had a $10 Amazon gift card from some Audible trial, and I'm paying 15 bucks for that, which seems way more reasonable. No, it is. It does seem a little overpriced, but I also got an order in at GameStop. I placed a second order at the cheaper price, so hopefully they keep that. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. They I want will. that Amiibo. I'm, I'm a huge Mega Man fan, but like overall, I'm like, Kind of tick because I'm not going to get the game till a few days later because GameStop never ships things on to my house on release date unless maybe I pay way too much money for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really excited for this game. It it looks like what I think I want a modern sequel to Mega Man to be because uh, it's I mean it's it's still a 2D platformer. You still run and jump and shoot, um, and it's got some new ideas that hey maybe. Maybe they're not going to be good ideas. I don't know, like the sl- slowing down time stuff. Like I think that could be cool, um, but it, the the game looks fun, and uh, the there was some press previews. Uh, I think press got to play the game last week. Um, hopefully, it'll be at E three. So then we'll have we'll have some hands on from our crew going there. Uh, I'm encouraged by Mega Man Eleven right now, and playing through a lot of stuff on Mega Man Legacy Collection kind of is like getting me excited for seeing what modern Capcom can make in, in a 2D Mega Man game. Yeah, it seems yeah, like really, they care this time. Yeah. yeah, I'm really pumped for this game. I'm a huge Mega Man fan, as you probably know. Uh, I am a little concerned about the voice acting, but I want The voice acting is bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once I hear the voice acting, I'm like, maybe I was... we shouldn't do voice acting in Mega Man anymore. I did play a little bit of Mega Man 8, and I want to go back. I, I was enjoying what I was playing of 8. <laughs> voice acting, oh man. Oh, it's terrible. Not gonna lie, I've, we. Never, I've, I've never enjoyed the voice acting in any Mega Man game. Yeah. It's all bad. And why? If you're not going to do it right, just can we just have text? I'm sure you can turn the yeah. voice off on the option. As long as, it, as long as it's not like, like, as long as it's not so in your face. If there's like some cutscenes and like some like audio during levels, like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Jump, um, jump, slide, slide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But difficulty modes, there's a double gear system that allows for special attacks and can slow time. 
And yeah. it showed two bosses, and it showed exactly how to beat them, and suggested that those would be the two first two bosses you'd want to fight. Yeah. Which I thought was kind which of is, goofy. Which see. is kind of annoying. I mean, it's just, it, Alex, you always complain about how the Pokemon games reveal every damn new Pokemon. Yeah. Um, I feel like by the time Mega Man 11 comes out, we're going to know how to beat every boss in the game. Yeah, at least like five yeah. of them. Yeah. And it'll be like, this is this is the correct order of how to go through this entire game. Like, I feel like we're going to, but that's just, that's modern, modern games, marketing and PR for better or worse. Yeah. Like, I accept it, but it is a little annoying because part of the fun of playing these old Mega Man games is, I mean, there's ones that I'm more familiar with, like, like, like two, like, you know, start with Metal Man, go from there. Um, But it's kind of fun puzzling out to be like, okay, like. I can beat this guy. What can his power? Who who do I think I can knock down with his power? And sometimes they don't make any sense, but like it's still fun. Yeah, yeah. I want to want to make a brief mention. Um, I believe it was Dale Ailing in, mm-hmm. in the chat. Um, yes. da- Dale Ailing in the chat mentioned the Sonic Tease, uh, which I have it up. It's literally um, it's Sonic the Hedgehog's Twitter account tweeted an image that. Uh, the the text on it was game teaser goes here. It looks like the the top part of maybe some sort of gate uh, with with lights around it. I think this is supposed to be a racing game of some sort. I think that's what the rumors and leaks were kind of yeah. saying. And I think they kind of teased a Sonic R like thing. Mm-hmm. I hope it's not like that. I I hope the rumors are right and Sumo Digital is making basically Sonic All Stars transformed. Uh, two or or three um but i think the rumors with that were saying that that was just going to be a sonic only racing game which harshens my buzz a little bit because part of the fun of sonic all-stars racing transformed was like um the dude from shinmu driving a forklift and playing as the ii and mei mei and alex kid and finding the freaking vmu as the super secret final vehicle that you can get and it's amazing and I love Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed. And I, I hope whatever this game is, when it gets revealed, I would assume by E3, it's good. Yeah, I would assume so. I, th- I think I think Sonic knows where Sonic needs to go if it's going to stay relevant. Yeah, more Sonic Mania, please. More Sonic Mania, please. We do have one last thing we need to discuss on this episode of the show. We put up a review today for Yoku's Island Express. Neil and I both reviewed that game. There's a video review on Nintendo World Report TV uh, with, with Neil's uh, beautiful vocals on that. Oh, my thank you. And we had we had opinions, didn't we, Neil? <laughs> yeah, so it turns out we're on the low end of Yoku's Island Express reviews. I will point out, so I gave it 7.5 and you gave it a 6.5. Mm-hmm. Metacritic averaged that to be a 74. Because <laughs> I was checking Metacritic, because I had a feeling with Yoki's on the Express, and I'll, I'll go into a little more detail about it right after this. But I, I was like, oh, we're probably going to be at the low end of this. Um, and I was just like, why the hell is it a 74? I was like, oh, Alex had the second opinion on the review, but like, it, it should be a 7. It should be a 74. Because um, you gave it a 6.5, and I gave it a 7.5. But anyway, Yoki's on the Express is a game with a hell of a lot of heart. It's a pinball uh metroidvania like from like a it's it's kind of like a 2d platformer but you're playing pinball and like that concept is super neat 
is very charming. I'm really into the graphical, like the the, the graphics and art design of that game. Um, it's on the shorter side. I found some of the physics stuff a little fiddly when you're when you're playing pinball. I also thought that the pinball challenges got a little kind of samey. Like you see a lot of the tricks early on, and I don't think the game ever really iterates and goes deeper in that. Probably because uh, it's it's a little open ended. Like you basically can like go to three regions in any order that you want. Um, you know, Metroidvania influences and all. Um, and and I just think there's uh, there's a lot of backtracking in that game that uh, soured on me a little bit. There is a traversal system, the the cute little beeline system that you know does get you around the island better. But by the time I found that, I had already spent a lot of time redoing the same pinball areas to go back to different areas to try to find secrets. And I I liked a lot of Yoku's Island Express. Um, but there was enough that kind of knocked it down for me, which is why I settled at that 7.5, which is still a good score. Yeah. I'll have you know. Yeah. I, like, I, I enjoyed the game a lot. I just, I thought it had some problems and, um, it's probably still worth checking out if you're really, uh, if you're really entranced by the concept of a pinball Metroidvania. Yeah. I found the game to be a good base with quite a bit of potential for a sequel, but not uh, it didn't necessarily excel in many of the things I wanted it to. I found that the actual pinball part of it was not as pinball-y as I wanted it to. I found that there wasn't that much strategy to the pinball. Yeah, because part yeah, because mm-hmm. part of part of what makes pinball games so much fun, and I, and I played a you know a bunch of hours of Pinball FX3 on Switch. Um, which is very good, even better that uh, it's now 60 frames per second on handheld. So if you were sleeping on Pinball FX3, waiting for them to make uh, that the handheld 60 frames per second, go check it out. They did it. Yeah, yeah. But the high, but the high the high score stuff in pinball is the driving force of that. So Yoku's Island Express doesn't have any kind of high score element with the pinball. So there's puzzles to solve and like ways to hit the pinball around or ways to hit the ball around. But once you solve the puzzle, it's just a chore. Yeah. I, I found the level design to be lacking, if I was going to put a word behind it. Uh, most of the puzzles, as I said in the review, follow a lot of the same rule sets. And the game as a whole is easy to a fault, I would say. it's The pinball levels felt a lot like uh, hit the bumpers till you win kind yeah. of stuff. And there then, is, there and, is some and, stuff where, like, if with proper proper angling, you can do it more efficiently. Um, right. But you'll get there eventually. Yeah. You just keep hitting it. <laughs> and I do think, uh, like, while the game is like the game, the fail states when you're playing pinball like are are more or less non-existent. Mm-hmm. It's just you run out of fruit, and then like there's no penalty after you run out of fruit. Uh, but I think if they did have it where it's like, oh, you died, like that would make everything about like the physics being a little wonky and getting you offbeat, like that would make that incorrigible. Like that would that would that would make the game worse if they were like, ah, oh, you died, start over. Yeah, it's a good idea for a game, yeah. but I I found it especially since I played it maybe a week and a half ago at this point, I find myself struggling to remember many parts of it. I, I found the experience as a whole semi-forgettable. It's a lot of heart, I guess. But not... 
it didn't make a ton of impression on me despite the cool things in it. <laughs> yeah, I do remember the, the rat that had the, the sootlings. I liked him. Yeah, that was neat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. If you Maybe read other reviews if you want to see positive people. We're probably on the lower end. Neil, you tentatively recommended, I'd say, eh, take it or leave yeah. it. Yeah, like I, I saw a friend of the site, Dave Mellert, on Twitter, uh, you know, saw my review and replied to it being like, I think I'm going to check it out, which like, that's kind of the, I, I was glad to hear that because it's kind of the point of the review. Like, I'm, I'm knocking the game down a little bit, but I, I, I tried to convey that there are good things about this game. And if you're okay with dealing with some, you know, frustration here and there, it's totally worth checking out. Is it 20 or 30 bucks? I think it's 20. Okay. If it was 30, that'd be no good. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it is like, I, I think I got to like 60, 70% completion and probably dropped six hours into it. Maybe. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, five or more according to the switch so uh i wish that was a little more exact it'd be easier to be like i spent this much time on this game for review yeah um yeah. all right um third rate minion calls out there is a physical version of yoki's island express so that might be 30 bucks yeah that, that's its own thing if you're buying a physical version of a switch indie game that's kind of it's always going to be you $10 know what you're getting into yeah right one more right. thing uh, i think we should briefly mention is how cool is that new new nintendo 2ds oh dude oh the hyalian <laughs> shield one yeah <sighs> i want awesome. it <laughs> i don't need it but i want it it looks cool <laughs> and there's a damn fine game preloaded on it too yeah link between worlds the best 2d uh zelda game i, I think that's all the best zelda game of the decade <laughs> but if you want to go there <laughs> Well, it's better than Breath of the Wild. Keep that in mind. <laughs> oh! um, that Link Between Worlds is... I mean, really I troll when I say that A Link Between Worlds is the best 2D Zelda. I just... I, I think Link to the Past is a very good game. I don't hold it to the same high esteem as a lot of other people in the wider gaming world do. Um, I think that A Link Between Worlds and Link to the Past are on par with each other. That's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And every other 2D Zelda is below that. Minish Even Link's really Awakening cool. DX. I, I, Link's I, Awakening DX. All right, cool. all right. We're we're. Uh, uh, all right. Um, now, I just yeah, talk I, about I, I do. I do a link between worlds and Link to the Past with the top two. I would do Link's Awakening and uh, Link's Awakening and Minish Cap are probably three and four. Gotcha. I think. Gotcha. Um, okay. I think I'd put Link's Awakening above Minish Cap, but Minish Cap is kind of like that one that. People seem to always forget. Minish Cap's the fun, weird one. Yeah, I'm not. I didn't get as into Kinstone collecting in Minish Cap, but the rest of the game's real neat. Yeah. Uh, okay. I do believe that is a show. We could talk more about Zelda rankings. I'm down for that. All of them. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to do a special edition. Majora's Mask and Wind Waker are still my top two. I like Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time. Probably top five. I think yeah, at this point I need to separate them between 2D and 3D. Yeah, I mean that's it's for me. I I, I just generally prefer the 3D Zelda games um, overall. Like I think that's that's where the series clicked for me. Like I played Link to the Past and the first first two, um, and but Ocarina of Time was where I went from being like, oh these are cool games to being like, oh my god, 
this is amazing. Um, and then I went back and played through the, the NES and Super Nintendo games, and now it's probably my favorite series. Yeah. Donald, what say you? Uh, well, Link to the Past is in my top 10 of all time, but Link Between Worlds is just below that. And as for 3D ones, I don't think they've beat Ocarina yet. Yeah, that's my boy. All right. Could, I think I think I, Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword are better than Ocarina. All right. You know what? I haven't felt like I wanted to punch Justin in the face in a while. We should just do this top 10 Zelda debate. We did a... <laughs> think about it a little. That'll be E3. Justin and I will be in the same house on the Tuesday of E3. And, and we can just start arguing about if Breath of the Wild is the best Zelda game or not. Um, and then we'll see who gets thrown out a window first. Why fight right here on NWR? <laughs> <laughs> to close our show on a, on a Pokemon <laughs> note, hang out at E3. Just gonna, let's look forward to that at E3. We will have some kind of presence at E3 this year. Uh, yeah, right? uh, no one on the show will be at E3, but we, but we have a crew out there. Um, uh, if you're familiar with the work of one Jared Rosenberg, uh, he's going to be heading up um, pretty much all of our our uh, LA E3 coverage. Um, I believe on this here YouTube channel, uh, our director, John Raritan, and I think Perry Berkham and Casey Gibson from Talk Nintendo are going to be doing a lot of live streaming stuff during the show. And then we're going to be um, doing some cool stuff with that. But I think I'm going to shut up because I think we might be doing a bigger announcement about that next week. But just know we're going to have cool stuff during E3. All right. Radical. So closing out the show, I will will read – some Twitter names, and then I will ask you all the same simple question. But first, go to NintendoWorldReport.com, go to NintendoWorldReportTV, go to Patreon.com slash NWR to support the site that supports this show. Thank you very much for listening. You can follow Donald Terrio on Twitter at DonaldMick, D-O-N-A-L-D-M-I-C-K, Pikachu or Eevee? Eevee. You can find Eevee. Justin on Twitter at KingNintendoFan. Pikachu or Eevee? Eevee. You can find Neil on Twitter at Enron10. Pikachu or Eevee? Um, Eevee. You can find me on Twitter at C-U-L-A-F-I-A. I'm going to go Pikachu first because I want that Pokemon Yellow experience, followed by Eevee for the second playthrough if I really like it. Um, but I, I see a world where this is the first game in a long time where I get both versions if I really like it. Because I'm not sure how it's going to turn out, but I see the potential for an amazing thing. And man, the first $60 Pokemon games are the first one I buy both versions <laughs> and play since maybe Ruby and Sapphire. So there's, there's something to that. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful night. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Good night.